You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God once again. Let's open your Bible at the third letter of John, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in how many? How many? How many? What does all mean? Why? (laughs) That's what all means. Prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Tell your neighbor, it is God's ultimate plan, God's supreme plan, God's divine plan that you prosper in all things. Amen? In all things. Someone says, but isn't God's supreme plan eternal life? Yes, amen. You got a high five from me right there. That's totally, but you just said, exactly. Family, you see, that's the problem, is we have gotten lost and sidetracked by people who don't understand the true gospel. Prosperity is not just about the rands and cents in your pocket. It is part of it. But prosperity is every arena of your life. In being born again, that is the supreme Start. Without that, you got nothing else. What's the point of having money if you're going to die and go to hell anyway? I don't care how much money a person's got in the bank. They are poor if they're not born again. And that's our obligation as a church, as a people of God, to keep preaching the gospel, getting more and more people saved, introducing them to their father. And then once you introduce them to the father, you, got now, you are now a son and daughter of the one who owns the universe. Hallelujah. He is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. Everything he's ever created, everything that exists is his. And it's transferred into your ownership. You are his son and his daughter. And so why would he hold any of it back from you? No, he wants you to experience the full life that he fully designed for you to enjoy. Everything he ever spoke into existence was for the purpose of you to enjoy it. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. And so he wants you to prosper in every area of your life. Pray that you prosper in all things. Be in health. Now here's the critical key. Just as your soul prospers. That is the limiting factor. God is unlimited. But we place limitations on him by the way we think. I just don't see it that way. Well, then the person will never see that. I don't agree with that. Well, then you won't see it happen either. I don't think God can do that. Well, then he won't be able to do it. Even Jesus, when he went back to his own hometown, this Jesus that could walk on water, that could command the storms, that could multiply bread and fish and open blind eyes and lame would walk, the deaf would hear, could do no mighty work in his own hometown. And the word's very clear on why, because of their unbelief. So get a hold of that. Jesus couldn't even force it. Well, okay, if I do this, will you believe? He couldn't even do that. Because, I mean, that would make sense. Just do the biggest miracle you can and blow their unbelief out the water. No, it begins with belief. Their belief literally stopped Jesus. And so what was his answer? You look at the next verse following that. It says, and he went about from village to village teaching 
the word. Why? Because it begins in the soul realm. Very easy to start blaming all our problems on the devil. Now don't get me wrong, there is a devil out there. And we give him a foothold, he will take the whole body and he will move in and that's called possession. But family of God, I will put it to you that 99% of your problems does not start with the devil. Because the enemy can only do what we give him place to do. And I can lay hands on you till every hair is rubbed off your head. I can get you spitting and vomiting in a bucket and casting out devils and, th- and vibrating and shaking. And you, someone can get up from that experience and say, hallelujah, I'm free at last. And then they go off. But if they don't fix what's up here, they will go right back to the problem that they had. The enemy can only do what we allow him to do. You can take somebody who can be possessed with 10,000 demons and one word, just one word, change that person's life and get them grounded in the word, confessing the word. There is nothing that the devil can do to withstand the living word of Jesus. You come out with, it is written, Satan flees. He cannot come against the written word of God. So I need to start by seeing God's word. What does he say about it? It's not just a religious thing. It's knowing what he has declared, what his promises are. And if I can get those words and that into my life and start living according to that word and applying that word, transforming what's in my mind, you've made that 99% jump. See, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Say this, I am a product of what I believe I am. Now, maybe we don't like what we see. We, don't, we look in the mirror and we say, oh, I don't like what I'm seeing. But that's because of what's happened inside. I know a lot of things happen to us, obviously, as you grow up. We did see that there's a lot of things that do influence how we think, what we do. Remember we spoke about the trees. Jesus said that there's a tree within us, that those trees produce fruits. Now, how did those fruits get in us? How did that tree get in us? It started as a seed. And so a lot of that we didn't have control of. We had to look at those four areas. How do seeds get into your life? Number one is through authority figures. Number two, through repetition. Number three, through experiences. And number four, through exposure. Now, I know I'm going quickly through that because we did study it in detail in the past. So get the past messages. But just to very quickly recap, uh, some of these can intermingle because they, they work in that way. Authority figures are people that we give our respect to. We, we see them as inputs in our lives. Some people speak to us like, ah, they're talking nonsense anyway. But a seed can be sown. So when somebody we respect and honor us, put something into us, then even as children, even though we may, someone may have had the wrong parents, just the very fact that they recognize them as authority figures, what was in their life got instilled in them. So maybe we grow up 
and then we say we don't like that in that person, in our parent or whatever. Maybe someone had an abusive parent. They don't like that, what they do in that person. But how often has it happened? How many of you have had children? Let me see. How many of you have had children? And then sometimes you say something and you go and you stop and say, that was my father. I, I just sounded like my father. What is that? that that's, you say, I will never speak that way. And then next moment you are. Because it, it's, it's a fruit. It, it, you didn't, it wasn't dealt with. Now that may be in a good way, but it could also be in a bad way. And so now all of a sudden we find we're doing things because we, that, that, I don't want to do that. Why is this in me? I'm, I'm not a prejudicial person. Yeah, but there were seeds in the house every day. The, the parents may have been speaking against a certain race and saying certain things. And even though you grew up not thinking, I'll, I'll, I won't do that. I don't want to be that person. Those seeds got in there. The next moment you're in a situation and the fruit pops out. So I, if I see that, I don't see that as a negative and we've got to be cautious with this as well because when we're dealing with other people, we must recognize that when, you, when somebody responds in a certain way, yes, we are accountable for what we say and what we think and what we do. We need to make sure that we do hold people accountable. But here's the thing. Very often what people do could be a stress of what's happened in the past. And if we as Christians recognize that and we see our warfare is not the flesh, how Dare they? I'm going to sue them. I'm going to put them in jail. I'm going to... No, hang on. There could be a, an underlying issue. Amen. Amen. So yes, while there are consequences to breaking the law, we must also make sure we deal with the spiritual issue. Our weapons are not carnal, but they might be in God through the pulling down of strongholds. Those strongholds are in the mind. And so we don't wrestle flesh and blood, but against principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, the wicked, and that's all the, the, the demonic forces. So what am I saying here is that if I see something in my life and I recognize and I say, hang on, I don't want to be that way. I don't like that. Instead of seeing it as negative and uh, feeling guilty about it, is say, you know what? I'm going to deal with this. And so I need to get that out of my life. And how did it get in the first place? As I said, through those it's through the wrong input, through the wrong teacher, through the wrong mentor, through the wrong uh, person that's influencing my life. Could be something that I heard over and over and over and over and over. I, I, I never agreed with it, but I never dealt with it. And even though you don't agree with it, if you don't deal with it, it's still a seed. You see, I may not agree with having dacha in my backyard, but if I keep letting the wind blow the seeds in and never see it growing, I, I don't agree with that. I don't like it. No, you have to pull it out. Amen. You have to get it out of the garden. And so that repetition and through influences, through the environment, you grow up in an environment. That's why it's important we do look at our environment. Uh, you know, we've got to keep that eye of excellence. Because if I start letting things stay broken, I let things break down, I let things, uh, that's cracked, this is broken, this is messed up. And if you grow up in an environment where everything's always dirty, everything's up in a mess, then when something happens, if, if I grew up in that environment, I won't see it as a problem. They say, can't they see that? Why don't they pick that up? And, well, maybe it was the environment they grew up. No one ever picked stuff up like that. So now I say, I want to upgrade. I want to get to a better life. Then I need to start hanging around with the right people. I need to start being in the right environment. The people we hang around with does influence how we think. 
And so I'm saying all of this because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 13, every plant which my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Now remember, he's dealing off the statement where they said that the Pharisees were offended. And you'll find that whenever somebody challenges a belief system in our lives, the first temptation is to be offended. Uh, you know, somebody challenges why you believe a certain way. Well, and if I can't put my finger on it, then the easiest response is to start being offended, to, to tear down the other person's character. But family God, how do you know that Whatever happens in my life, when the, the enemy took a long time to make sure that that tree grew up. He, he made sure that that seed that landed, he would make sure the environment, whatever it is, is keep influencing us. And if we don't understand that spiritual demonic influence, then eventually that tree grows up. Now the enemy wants to do everything he can to protect that. So someone comes along and says, you see that tree? Let me pull it out. The enemy is going to say, no, get out. Just, you, don't want, you do not want to sit in that church. Do, don't, you know that church, that one down the road. It's amazing how many people have got things to say about this church and they've never walked through that door. Never come to sit and listen for themselves. It's what their friend said, their neighbor said, someone else said. Come and sit and listen for yourself. And don't come once. Hello, because now you just tasted that meal. What about the other meal and this meal and next meal? So, no, you need to come and hear the whole word. Come spend some time and let the word of God speak to you. Why? Because the enemy wants to make sure you don't have that faith in your heart. He wants to make sure you don't get the word. And so what does he do? He uses that tribulation, persecution, bringing an offense, the, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lots of other things. Whatever it is, choke out any word that's been put into your life. When you make a decision, say, you know what? I'm going to deal with that tree. So how do we do that? How do we actually go through it? How do we make sure we get this tree right? Well, Jesus said in Matthew 12, verse 33, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. A tree is known by its fruit. Say this, it's my responsibility to make the tree good. Get a hold of that. God will identify for you the problem. He will give you the good seed. He will remove the tree that you don't want for you. Remember, Jesus said, whatever not tree shouldn't be in your life, God will remove. But you notice it's based on your responsibility. You need to make the tree Good. So God's going to help remove the old tree, but it's your responsibility to get that good tree in. Now, how do we do that? Well, he says in verse 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 37, by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. So Romans 12 verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? How do you change? Let me see how many of you want to change because I don't want to speak to the right people here. Keep that hand up and say, in order to be changed, I need to be transformed. And the Word of God says, 
The only way I'm transformed is by the renewing of my mind. We need to renew our mind. How we do that? We prove what is the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. The will of God. Well, what is God's will? It's His Word. His will is already written down in His Word. So I renew my mind to the Word of God. In fact, the Word goes so far as to say that it is, is a water that washes us clean. It's a water that washes us clean. Don't go to that church. They brainwash you there. Yes. Amen. We're washing our brains of all the junk and garbage that was put in there by the enemy using the Word of God to clear it out so I can get the right Word in there. Amen. Say that, I thank God He is using His Word to wash my brains. So we transform by the renewing of our mind. That's the only way we're going to change. Look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Now, family, I've said this so many times before, but for the sake of those that haven't heard it and for the sake of those that have heard it and are still wanting to put it into practice. These are things that must be done. We can sit and say amen in church. Unless we put it into practice, it'll never happen. Amen. How many believe that if you eat less carbs, and do more exercise, you will shed weight. And you say amen. amen. We all know the fact. But what happens tomorrow? Oh, am I getting too personal now? See, I, I, I thought I'm talking to a group that said they want to change. I asked you to put your hand up. I mean, you could have asked to be excused at that moment. But so now that we're all here, let's talk. Because the only way we're going to change is if we actually do put into practice the things that we're learning. Notice he says, give attention. That's not just, you know, listen to my word now and then. No, give attention is something that has your focus. It's something you put into a priority in your life. Give attention to my words. Verse 21, do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. How many believe that? Can I see your hand? Just lift your hand and say, God's word is life to my flesh. Is that what it says? Remember, Jesus said His words are spirit and they are life. If His word is life and His words health to my flesh, that means when I have a physical issue, before I even think doctor, I think word. It's very interesting how some people, when they got a problem, the first thing they think is, what, what medicine can I get? What, 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 what can I take? What can I put in there that will fix this? Try the word first. 
Take the word first. Let's hear what the word has to say. Get the word inside of you. How many of you make sure this week you ate? Let me see. Anybody eat any food this week? I'm sure everybody, unless you're fasting, you ate this week. You had time to do that. You put that into practice. Isn't that right? How many of you slept? You had some sleep? Right? Why? You needed it. Isn't that right? So even people that feel they don't really want to sleep still have to sleep. Doesn't matter how much you don't want to, but you do find the time for it. In fact, you give six, seven, eight, nine, ten, some twelve hours a day to, to, to do that. I just don't have the time. Really? You give a whole eight hours to sleeping. Yeah, but I need that. Uh-huh. You love the Word of God more than your daily food. Isn't that what the Word of God says? I love the Word more than my daily food. If I got time to sit down to a breakfast, time to sit down to a lunch, time to sit down to a dinner, that's at least half an hour in each and one of those. If you, if you really don't taking time, it could be an hour or two. But you're talking about an hour, two hours, three hours devoted to putting food into this physical body. And some of us don't always need all of that. So, we need to be putting the time into the Word of God. Why is it that we find time for all these other things? And yet the one thing that will transform and change our lives is the living Word of God. I'm sure we can find time to give attention to the Word every day. Say amen. amen. Verse 23. Keep your heart with all diligence. Now remember the heart is that spirit part of us that nurtures seed that produces the tree. So what's he saying? Protect the environment that the seed's going to come into. Keep your heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it spring the issues of life. And put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. Now, a lot of times people think that's just talking about bad language, swearing. No, a perverse lip is a mouth that says anything that contradicts God's word. Because if I say something that contradicts God's word, it puts that seed in my heart. So he says, stop putting the wrong seeds in. Protect your heart with all diligence. Keep the, the, the environment right. And then stop the wrong seed from being sown. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Your eyelids look right before you. Pastor Allen, you're so narrow-minded. Yes, amen. Look what it says here. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Don't turn to the right or left. Remove your foot from evil. What's that mean? I'm not going to even consider the right. I'm not even going to consider the left. I'm staying centered on God's word. Are you right wing or are you left wing? I am kingdom winged. I'm the word of God winged. Amen. What does God's word say on the issue? Yeah, but that's this political party. No, it's not political party. It is the living word of God. I will support anybody that supports the Word of God. Are you with me? 
And so we understand when he says, don't look to the left, don't look to the right. Why? Because those are ways that distract us and get us in the wrong direction. He says, now watch where you walk, ponder. We learned last week, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. Don't allow the wrong voices in your life. Exit those environments. Get your environment sorted out. Stay focused and let the Word of God be your direction. What does the Word say on the issue? How does the Word? I mean, family of God, I am so pedantic about this because I've learned. It's just the why we live the way we live. They'll say, wow, you've got such an easy life. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, there's enough attacks been coming against our family over the years. But I have learned this, that when you stay on the Word of God, you can be in the middle of a storm and not even feel it. Because you found it on the rock. The rock keeps you solid. So when you look from a distance, you wonder, is there even a storm there? But that house is solid. Because you're living by the Word of God. Keeping that Word centered on your life. Now, I'm very, 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 very cautious about what comes out of my mouth. Because I understand how it can transform and change. We've changed songs. Worship songs. They sound pretty. They sound beautiful. They're so melodious and lovely and written by a Christian church and all the other stuff is wonderful. But there's one line. I go, uh-uh. That, 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 that's not right. And I say, but it sounds... No, no. What's the word say? Make sure we're singing the word. The song's not for me. I don't like the praise and worship yet. It's not for you. It's for the king. Until he complains, we're going to keep doing it his way. And he says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. Use cymbals and clashing cymbals and every instrument you can. And isn't that what he says? And he loves it. He enjoys it. Hallelujah. So... Why I'm saying this is we make sure the words are accurate in everything that we do. Now notice it says here, verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Now there's two ways of looking at it. And the one is, which is there, is the one that I've always seen. And that is that it's the life force. The only reason this body still moves is because the spirit's alive in it. If, if this spirit, me, Alan Bag, the body's not Alan Bag, it's just simply a vehicle. If Alan Bag stepped out the body, the body would fall on the floor. And everyone would try and resuscitate it and call the ambulance and everything. But if I'm done with my assignment, I think, take it, put it away, I'm going home. Are you with me? But that's when my assignment's done. What am I saying? The body can't live without the spirit. So out of your heart, out of the spirit, comes the force of life. The very force of life flows from you. But doing a more intense study, I also found out that this word, yeah, used for the issues, is there's, there's two things. The one is force. The other is source. The source of life. And then two other very interesting words. Boundaries and borders. So the Hebrew word used there means source, out of it spring the source of life, or the force of life, or the boundaries and the borders. What's that mean? Without realizing it, when you receive a word, 
any word, good or bad, it'll put a boundary in your life. Now you understand where the offenses come. Because what happens is when you're calling somebody across the fence, the boundary, in their heart there's a boundary. And you calling them to this side of life, you crossing over their boundary. And that's where the offense comes. In the heart, protect it, because that'll determine where your boundary is. Uh, I think that's a little over the top. Yes, because there's a top, there's a boundary defined in your life. And so when you see somebody living over the top, not you, somebody else. Somebody sees me living over the top. I'm over their boundary. An offense will come. I've never had a millionaire offended with my life. Something to think about. Notice the people who were upset with Jesus weren't the sinners. It was the Pharisees. The ones that thought they knew the word. They thought they knew better. They had boundaries. And here comes this guy into town and he's ripping all the boundaries off. He's, he's saying, be healed, rise up, walk, working on the Sabbath. Like, what? You're over my boundary. Yeah. We need to remove those boundaries. Out of the heart come the boundaries. How far are you willing to believe God? How high do you believe God is? How excessive do you believe God is? Do you believe God is able to do the impossible? Because as long as I think He can do that but not this, there's the boundary. Out of your heart comes the boundary. So He's saying, protect it. Watch what boundaries you're putting down. Or make the decision to renew your mind to move the boundaries. Hallelujah. How do we do that? Luke chapter 17 and verse 5. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Underline, you can say. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say. Now, taking what we've learned so far, knowing that whatever fruit we have in our lives is because of a tree, that tree got there because of a seed, and that tree has forced and caused boundaries to happen in our life. And now we've identified we don't want that anymore. It's an interesting word that Jesus uses here in the, in the New King James, says mulberry. In the King James Version, it says sycamine tree. Sycamine tree. Now, the reason it says mulberry tree is because a sycamine tree is actually produces figs that looks like mulberries. So number one, there's a deception. 
It's a fig that looks like a mulberry. I mean, if you saw a mulberry, what would you want to do? Eat it. Then you eat it and you find out it's not even a nice fig. It's actually a very bitter fig. It's a very, very bitter. Sycamine tree produces a fig that is it's bitter to eat. Now, what we're talking about? Fruit we don't like. I mean, you know, there's some things when you taste on some people, you go, mm. <laughs> You see fruit, you go, uh-uh. So what's that? That it looks good until they speak. See, mulberry tastes like, a fig that tastes like mulberry, a mulberry looks like a mulberry, tastes like fig. Secondly, a sycamine tree has very, very, very deep roots. Jesus, when he said sycamine tree, if you can remove, tell this tree be removed, in their minds, the people in that environment, when they say remove a sycamine, they're going, forget it. You're never getting a sycamine tree out of the ground because of the deep root system. Very often what we believe is a result of a very deep root system. So when we say get it out of your life, <laughs> I don't know how I'm ever going to do that. So Jesus is saying this deep-rooted tree that produces bad-tasting fruit. You can speak to it. Now notice he starts with, if you have faith as a... So now you've got the new seed. How did you get that faith? You, you went to the right church. By faith comes by? You heard the word. You heard the right word. Now you got the right seed. If you have faith as a seed. Now that seed needs to be planted. But something's in the ground that shouldn't be there. The sycamine tree. So you need to get that out to get the new seed in. And Jesus says the way you do it. Remember he says the father will remove it. But here's how it happens. You will say. Be pulled up by the roots. Don't just cut it down. Don't just say, oh, I'm not prejudiced. No, 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 no. That's just cutting off the tree. But if the root hasn't been dealt with, <laughs> that thing will grow up again. So you need to get rid of the whole tree. Tear it out at the root and be planted in the sea. It will Obey you. So I need to be open and totally honest with myself and say, you know what? There's a root of prejudice there. There's a root of hatred. There's a root of anger. There's a root of bitterness. I'm always complaining. There's a, that's a, from a root. Why is it that I always see the negative in something? There's a root there. I need to identify it and say, now that I know what that tree is. I'm commanding you to leave my life right here, right now, and I'm tearing you out, roots and all. I'm severing it at its root. I'm speaking death to that tree. I'm commanding that tree again. No one eats fruit from you ever again. And you remove it. Get out of my life in the name of Jesus. And you see that thing in the sea. You, you, that's it. You, you just, that's it. It's done. It's removed. You have spoken. Now that you've torn it out and you've spoken it out, then take that seed of faith that you have 
That may be the smallest seed. The mustard seed is the tiniest seed you can ever see. If I had it on my hand now, you wouldn't see it from the front row. It, it's like a speck. But he says, that's what you begin with. You say, I am full of the love of God. God loves me and I'm filled with his love. I'm filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. My walk is worthy of him, fully pleasing him. I'm fruitful in every good work. I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. I'm filled with the fruit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness and gentleness and self-control. These are things that are in my life. I'm a peaceful, loving person. I love peace. I I love people. I love you, and, 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 and I, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm working on my fruit. Amen. And I see somebody like, and they do something, no, that tree was taken out. I love you, and I forgive you. Yeah, but you know what they did to you? I forgive them anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. And maybe if I was a stingy person, now I need to give. And I, and I give. And, yeah, but they never did anything for you. I don't care. I give anyway. Yeah, but you're never going to get anything back from me. That's not why I'm giving. I'm giving because I'm giving to get my heart right. I'm a generous person. My God's generous. I want to be a generous person. And, I'm, and I'll be as generous as I can. And I remember the day I disciplined myself when we were busy with something. And I won't go into the detail for time's sake. But I just emptied my whole our whole bank account went to Janine. I said, oh, I just have, this is what I'm led to do. We're going to give everything away. Why? Because I had to deal with a heart issue. There was a, something in there that wasn't right. The way I did it, break its back. <laughs> you, know, you, you just can't outgive God. And I stepped over the line of generosity. Yeah, but that's way over the top. Yes, amen. I'm causing new boundaries. Amen. And family of God, once you get that in place, you never look back again. And now you start, once that new tree starts growing up, and all of a sudden you look around, you just see people that you just love and adore, and you just want to be a part of their lives and see their lives change. You want to be generous in their lives. You want to live the way God lives, the way Jesus did. Hallelujah. That doesn't happen by accident. It's a determined effort. Give attention. Give attention to it. And you give attention to it. You focus on it every day. Every day you nurture it. Every day. And what will happen? That little mustard seed will grow up to one of the greatest seeds, greatest trees. And even the birds will come and nest in it and, and enjoy its shade. And you know, everybody enjoys the tree. Amen. And then you taste and see the Lord is good. Come on, give Jesus praise. Let's stand to our feet. Place your hand on your heart and say this. Today I have heard the Word of God. That Word has brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's Word, I am also a doer. From this day on, I live for you. To serve you, to worship you, to know you to walk with you. And I thank you that you've helped me identify what trees need to be removed from my life. And I determined to replace it with the trees of your living word. As I plant the seeds 
of hearing by faith and nurture that. I protect my heart that the boundaries that exist in my life are defined by you. And I receive that by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God.